This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pet. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman is unaware of Mary Hennig's dire peril as violent death stealthily trails her path. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. Say, are you all set for the big news I've been promising you? Believe me, it is big. You're going to be just as excited about it as I am. Listen, you know that Superman Crusader ring Jimmy Olsen's wearing? The ring Superman said Jimmy should give out at Unity House as a symbol of good citizenship? Well, how'd you like to have a ring just like it? Yes, sir, you can get a Superman Crusader ring, too. You see, Kellogg's Pet has fixed that up for you. You can proudly wear this symbol of Superman's fight for tolerance and good sportsmanship. And is this ring terrific? Shiny and silver looking with Superman's picture standing out big and smiling on the front and the word Superman Crusader on the side. That's to identify you as one of the Superman gang. And this ring is adjustable too. You can fit it right on your finger yourself. And it's made of such sturdy metal with such a durable silver-like finish, it'll keep right on looking shiny and slick for a long, long time. Now, to get your Superman Crusader ring, here's what you do. Ask Mom to get you a package of that sunshine cereal Kellogg's Pet. Send the box top along with 10 cents in cash and your name and address clearly printed the Superman Box 40 Battle Creek, Michigan. You got that? Send one Kellogg's Pet Box Stop, 10 cents in cash, and your name and address clearly printed the Superman Box 40 Battle Creek, Michigan. Ask Mom to get you some P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Now the adventures of Superman. As you remember, young Mary Hager, reformed juvenile gang leader, also known as Chicky, who is now a Daily Planet office girl, faces a prison term on circumstantial evidence of passing counterfeit money. As part of Clark Kent's plan to clear her name, Mary pretended to return to her dishonest ways and secured a job as a messenger for a man named Pearlie, from one of whose boys she had received the counterfeit money. Summoned to meet Pearlie late one night at the coffee shop, Mary left her house to walk to the bus line. Unaware that Pearlie's henchman, a brute-like man named Herman, who was certain Mary was not to be trusted, was trailing her, a knife in his hand and murder in his eyes. As we continue now, Herman is only a pace behind the unsuspecting girl. Slowly he narrows the gap, raises his knife, and is about to plunge it into her back. When suddenly he stops, the steel blade poised in midair, the snarl of fury contorting his face, he slips noiselessly into a 
doorway and presses back into the dark shadows as a tall figure steps into the light of the street lamp, a silver shield gleaming on his blue uniform. Listen. Well, if this isn't Mary Hennig herself. Oh, oh, Murphy. Faith, and where would you be going at this time of night, Mary? And alone, too. Who, me? Oh, I got somebody to see. Do you now? Like who, for instance? Why, uh, what's my business? Sure, maybe it's my business, too. You've been forgetting you're on probation, Colleen? Oh, no, I I didn't forget, but... Well, so what? Can't I even walk on the street without asking permission? Sure, sure you can. But when it's close to midnight and you're out alone, why then it's up to me to be inquired about it. Well, I, uh, I know, but... You wouldn't be after slipping back into your old ways now, would you, Mary? Oh, no, no, sir. Of course not, Officer Murphy. I'll learn my lesson. Right now, I can't... Uh, good, good. Now, where are you going at this time of night, huh? Well, uh... I can't tell you where I'm going, Officer Murphy, but I swear I'm not going to do anything wrong, honest. But, uh, well, it's a business secret. A business secret, is it? Would it be having to do with the newspaper story now? Oh, yes, yes, uh-huh. yes. But I can't tell you anymore, Officer. Please believe me. I'm not doing anything wrong, and I've got to hurry now or I'll be late. All right, Mary. After all, I want you to be thinking of me as your friend, not your enemy. Uh, which way would you be going now? Over to Fourth Avenue. Get the bus. I'd be walking along with you then, if oh. you don't mind. Well, now, now this is a dark I... street and it's late, so oh. I'll see you safe to the bus. Come on. Oh, for God, you called me back to work, Mister Pearlie. I figured I needed a smart girl like you. Thanks. Uh, what's the special job you said you got for me? Well, it's like this, Chicky. You yeah. see, I'm moving my office to a new location uh-huh. over on Front Street. Moving, huh? Why? Because I don't like cops dropping around. And since your friend Inspector Henderson is under there... he ain't no friend of mine. <laughs> don't I know it. You did yourself a good turn when you tipped me off he was coming. Uh, not that he would have found anything wrong, understand. But you proved you were on your toes and in there pitching for me. So now I'm going to do something for you. Yeah? What's cooking? Here's the pitch. I decided to move my office. I decided to let all my messengers go, too. All except you and Biff Morgan. Well, how come? You said you needed lots of messages. Yeah, but a couple of the kids, I don't know which ones, weren't as smart and careful as they should have been. And they got the cops on their trail. Oh, the dopes. But I've got to have a new crew of messengers, and fast, because business is very good right now. Now, you must know quite a few kids who make good messengers. Kids who know what the score is and uh, who can be trusted. You, uh... You want I should pick out kids who make good messages for you, huh? That's right. I want at least ten kids, mm-hmm. but five will do to start. There's you and Biff and a friend of his he's bringing in tomorrow. That'll make three. Yeah. I'm counting on you to bring in at least two more. Uh-huh. Because I've got to have five messengers tomorrow to take care of the work I've got lined up. By tomorrow, huh? That's right. I'll pay you 25 bucks for every kid you bring in. 25 bucks? Uh-huh. That's besides your salary, of course. What do you say, Jiggy? Oh, gee, I'll sure do my best, Mr. Curly. But... That's the way to talk. Now, get this. The new office is at 225 Front Street. 225 Front? Right. Also, I changed the name of the outfit. From the Reliable Messenger Service to the Dependable Messenger Service. Dependable, I got it. Good. I'll expect you there at 9 o'clock in the morning with two more messengers. Meanwhile, here's something for your trouble. That is, in coming over here to see me tonight. Sheep? A tenth Uh-huh. Wait. Maybe you'd rather have this bill. Wow! Double sober! Yeah, $20 bill. But uh, if you take this one, you'll have to be careful spending it. What do you mean? Well, I know now I can trust you, Chicky, so I'll give you the lowdown. This bill is phony. You mean it's counterfeit? Not so loud. That's right. A smart 
kid like you shouldn't have any trouble passing it. You just got to be careful. I'll take you, Mr. Perkins. <laughs> I knew you were smart, kid. Okay, now, I'll put you in a taxi and send you home. And first thing tomorrow, you get busy and round up at least two good kids. Have them in my office at nine o'clock. Okay, Mr. Pearly, it's a deal. This is the $20 bill Pearly gave you last night, Mary, huh? Yes, Mr. Kent. Mm-hmm. That's counterfeit, all right. Oh, let me see, Mr. Kent. Here you are, Jim. Boy, sure looks good. Say, how does this Pearly guy manage to pass so much of this stuff? I think we know now. You see, he orders plane tickets, train reservations, theater tickets, things like that, which run into good sums of money, and has his messengers pick them up with counterfeit money. Well, how could he get away with that when you've got to give your name when you... Well, he uses phony names when he orders, of course. Oh. Then he either sends his messengers back with the tickets and gets good money in exchange, or he sells them elsewhere for legal money. Right, Mary? Uh-huh. That's how it shapes up to me. Sheepers. What a sweet racket. Yes, it's clever, all right. But all rackets are broken eventually, and thanks to you, Mary, I think we'll break this one before long. I sure hope so, Mr. Kent. Well... As soon as you find out where Pearlie gets his counterfeit money, and tip us off that his messengers are carrying it, Inspector Henderson and I will go into action. Mary, uh, look, I, I'm awful sorry I called you a crook the other day. I was oh, mad. That's all right, Jim. You didn't know. But listen, Mr. Kemp, what am I going to do about the two extra kids Pearlie wants me to bring to his office this morning? Yeah, I've been thinking about that, Mary. It would help if the two boys you brought in were someone we knew, so when we cracked down, those boys could testify for us. But I don't know any kids like that. Well, sure you do, Mary. Me. You? you? Right. Pearlie doesn't know me, and I can talk off like this, see? You want to make something of it, buddy? <laughs> You're pretty good, Jim. <laughs> now, wait a I don't know. About uh, that, please, Lenny, Mr. Kent. Well, I did something like it once before when we were tracking down those filthy guardians of America, remember? Yes, I do, and you did a good job, but... I don't know. This is even more dangerous, I'm afraid. Oh, now, listen. If Pearlie I... caught on to who you were, it'd be too bad. We won't catch on. Gosh, if it's not too dangerous for Mary, a girl, it's certainly not too dangerous for me. Well, you've got a point there, oh, but please, I... please, Mr. Kent. I want to help Mary to... Well, to sort of make it up to her for what I said and did. Well, in that case, I can hardly refuse, Jim. Hot dog. And I've got our other messenger, too. Who? Beanie Martin. Beanie? Uh-huh. You should see him put on a tough act. He's terrific. How come? Well, he was brought up back at the gas works, you know. Besides, he's always kicking about never getting a chance to do anything except run copy. All right, let's ask him. Say, we'll have to work fast. Aren't you due at Pearlie's office at 9, Mary? Yes, I am. Well, it's 8.30 now, so let's get going. Promptly agreeing to join them in their dangerous mission, Beanie Martin, Daily Planet copy boy, has accompanied Mary Hennig and Jimmy Olsen to Pearlie's new office on Front Street. In his inner office now, Pearlie is saying to Jim and Beanie, The ticket says you two boys are okay. That's all right with me. You're hired. Gee, thanks, Mr. Pearlie. Yeah, much obliged, Mr. Pearlie. Now, did Chicky tell you what you to do? Well, she didn't tell us much. No, she just told us this was a soft touch. Not much work and plenty of cabbage. And that's for us, huh, Jim? You said, pal. See? Told you they were right guys, Mr. Pearlie. Okay. Now, Biff Morgan should be here with another new messenger any minute, so uh, I'll tell you all what you to do. Somebody just came into the reception room. Maybe it's Biff. You kids wait in here till I see. I'll be back in a moment. Well, it looks like we're in, kids. Now all we have to do... What's the matter, man? That kid in there who just came in. I saw him when Mr. Pearlie opened the door. You mean Biff Morgan? Oh, Monk Owen. He knows me. We used to live next door to each other. Holy mackerel. Boys, if he sees me, he'll tell Pearlie who I am, and we'll all be dead pigeons. Gosh, what are we... Come in here, boys. I want you to meet three other messengers. Oh, gosh, here they come. What'll we do? Gee, you a... I don't know, Beanie. Looks like we're done for. Hale and 
trembling Jimmy, Mary, and Beanie sit as if stricken, feeling trapped as Pearlie leads Biff Morgan and Monk Owen into his private office. What will happen to our three young friends now, with apparently no way of escape open to them? They are doomed to be branded as spies. Tomorrow's episode is a real thriller, gang, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a transcribed copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. The Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate box. What's with today, huh? Browsers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-F. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, as Clark Kent continues with his plan to capture the counterfeiters red-handed, his three young stalwart assistants, confronted with disclosure, stand terror-stricken, awaiting their doom. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, uh, how'd you like to wear a Superman Crusader ring with a picture of Superman standing out big and powerful on the front? Jimmy Olsen's got one, you know. He's been giving them out to the kids at Unity House, and they're mighty proud of this ring because it's a sort of symbol of Superman's fight for tolerance and good sportsmanship. You'll be identified as a Superman Crusader, too, when you wear this ring. And you'll be mighty proud of how terrific it looks. It's made of shiny silver-looking metal with Superman's pictures, I said, on the front, and the word Superman Crusader clear and plain on the side. Adjustable, too. Easy to fit right your finger yourself. And it's so sturdy and durable with a special sort of silver-like finish why it'll wear and wear keep right on looking shiny and slick for a long, long time. Now, to get your own Superman Crusader ring, ask Mom to get you a package of that sunshine cereal Kellogg's Pet. Send the box top along with 10 cents in cash and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, Battle Creek, Michigan. Let me say that again now. Send one Kellogg's Pet box top, 10 cents in cash, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, Battle Creek, Michigan. Send in today, gang, for your Superman Crusader ring from P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. 
pretending to operate a legitimate messenger service, a man named Hurley is conducting a branch of a gigantic counterfeiting racket. Some of the counterfeit money fell into the hands of young Mary Hennig, alias Chicky, a Daily Planet copy girl. Facing a prison term for passing the money, Mary, at the suggestion of Clark Kent, secured a job as messenger for Pearlie, hoping to clear herself by uncovering his operations. Ordered to recruit two more messengers, Mary enlisted Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin, the Daily Planet copy boy. Then, posing as tough youngsters, the three were Pearlie's private office when two boys entered the reception room. Pearlie left his private office to greet them, and Beanie, recognizing one of the boys through the partly opened door, gasped, One of those kids is Monk Owen. He knows who I am. If he comes in here, we're dead pigeons. As we continue now, Pearlie, followed by the two boys, is approaching his private office where Beanie, Jimmy, and Harry sit, frozen in fear. Listen. Right about private office, boy. There's another message there. You know, you're at the same time. Here he comes. What do we do? Uh, wait a minute. Well, he's going to meet those other guys. I'd like to ask you something. Yes, what is it? Well, it's kind of private, sir. Close that door to your office for a minute. Okay. Jeepers, that was close. Yeah, but it ain't over yet. Yeah, Bean's right. This is only temporary relief. You sure that kid isn't going and that you know him, Bean? Sure I am, Jimmy. He lives in my old neighborhood. We even went to school together. That doesn't mean anything. He does when he knows I work on the Daily Planet. How does he know that? I ran into him only a couple of days ago and I told him then what I'm doing. Uh-oh. That is bad. Oh, gosh, what do we do? You live I know we're trapped. Mr. Pearly found out it's Kurt. Oh, wait a minute. Isn't there another way out of this office? I don't see any. I'm sure there is. What about the mall? She was, you mean I should I should jump out? Oh, of course not, Dopey. Let's see if there's a fire escape. Gosh, even if there is one, how are we gonna expect Don't worry about that now. Good. There is a fire escape. Oh, what what come on, Beanie. Out with you quickly. Okay. Well, what are you gonna tell Pearlie? Oh, I'll think of something. Oh, sure, I'll go. Don't stand there, Beanie. Go on, get going. Hey, where is Grant, Beanie? Run down the fire escape and get back to the office. Tell Mr. Kent we're okay not to worry about it. And pay no attention to anything we say. Okay, so long. Don't you worry about a thing, Biff. I'll take care of you. Quick, Mary. Holler at Beanie as if he's running away. Come on back, you yellow punk! Yeah, come on back here. I'll get you for this. Hey, what's going on here? Well, uh, uh, that little punk Beanie. He, he ran out. What? Yeah. Got scared and took it on the line. All right, that's what would... get scared of. Did you tell him anything, Chicky? Uh, no, 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 she didn't say nothing. He just didn't like the idea of working as a messenger boy, see? Just lazy, that's yeah. all. Yeah, well, I'll fix him for that. What's his name, Chicky? Uh, Beanie. You know him, Biff? No, I didn't even see him. Hey, I know a kid named Beanie. He works... Uh, this kid's name is Tamazzi. Uh, Beanie Tamazzi. Is that the one you know, Unc? No, I don't know him. Okay, forget it. I'll check up on him later. We got a lot of work to do today. You four will have to hustle to get it all done. Don't you worry. We'll hustle, all right? Yeah, sure. Okay, now listen. Chicky and Biff, you know the ropes. You, Monk, and you, uh... What's your name, kid? Uh, Jim. Jim Lovell. Okay, Jim, okay. Now you go with Chicky today. Monk, you travel with Biff. I want two of you together on each job. Because you'll be carrying a lot of money. You mean we're going to pick up railroad tickets and stuff again? No. Today we have a lot of, uh... Exchanges to make. Oh. You see, many of our customers have, uh, what changed their minds about traveling and going to the theater and so on. So they've sent their tickets back to me, see? Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, you messengers are going to turn them back in and collect the money for them. You understand? Sure. I know what to do, Mr. Pearlie. And I'll show Monk the ropes. Uh, good. This envelope is yours, Biff. You'll find the tickets and the amount of refund to get inside. Sure. This one is yours, Chicky. Okie doke. Now, get this. If anybody asks you if you're the kids who called for the tickets in the first place... We ain't. And we don't know did either. Right? That's right, Biff. All you know is that the dependable messenger service gave you the tickets and told you to return them and get the money back. 
Do all of you understand that? Sure, yeah, I, I can. Got it. Okay, then get going. And remember, I want you all back by noon. With money. We'll be back. Okay. Why, I thought you were with... Yeah, I did go with Jim and Mary to work for the messenger service. What are you doing back here? Did, did something go wrong? Oh, yeah, sort of. Oh, great. Scott, speak up, speak up. What's happened? Did Jim and oh, Mary... Oh, wait a minute, Mr. Kent. They're okay, honestly. Oh, thank heaven. Well, well then it was what... like this, see. We're standing there talking to that Mr. Curley when two other kids come to the reception room. Uh-huh. Curley, he goes out to greet them. When he opens the door, I happen to see that one of the kids knows me, knows I work here. One of the kids knows you and knows you work here? Yeah. Uh-oh. So you see, I can't stay there. If I go, it, it's curtains for all of us. Uh-huh. So Jimmy made me lay him out of the window and down the fire escape. Oh, I... I don't like that, Beanie. I don't like that at all. Oh, it's okay. Jimmy says he'll fix it somehow. Well, maybe. Just the same, I've got a feeling they'll need me. Uh, that is, they'll need Superman. Now, to... don't you worry, Mr. Kent. Everything's fine. You just wait for Jim's call. He's smart, that guy. Nothing's going to happen to him. Well, I hope so, Beanie. I certainly hope you're right. Well, I certainly was surprised to see you walking in here, Mr. Paradise. I thought you never wanted to be seen around our uh, office. I don't, Pearlie. I think it's dangerous. But this news story I mentioned before worries me. I'm afraid it may lead to trouble. And I want to trace it before that happens, if possible. Yeah, sure, but uh, I mean, Mr. Paradise, what's it all about? Here it is on page one of the Daily Blade. Read it for yourself. Yes, sir. Two Daily Planet reporters, identified as Lois Lane and James Olson, were arrested yesterday and charged by the police department with passing counterfeit money. Hey, how did it go on? Continue reading. After being released on bail, provided by their managing editor, Perry White... The charges against Lane and Olson were dismissed. Inspector Henderson of the police department refused to explain. He said that he expected to have an important statement soon on the mysterious counterfeiting ring that has been fleecing metropolis merchants and shopkeepers of thousands of dollars. So what does this mean? That's what I want to know. How did two daily planned reporters get hold of some of our money? I don't know. You'd better know. If newspaper reporters are on our trail, we're really in trouble. Now, how did they get it? I tell you, I don't know. I can't understand it. All the phony stuff goes to railroad stations and airplane lines, department stores, places like that. I can't... Wait. Great snake. What? I just remembered. One of my messages, Chicky Hennig, worked at the Daily Planet. What? Yeah. I gave her a phony $20 bill last night. You did? Yeah. She's on the level. Well, she's the one who tipped me off yesterday that Inspector Henderson was going to raid the office. So what? Maybe that was part of the game. What do you mean? been told to do that, to win your confidence and then find out all about us. If she did, I'll ring a dirty little double-crossing neck. And I'll help you. Where is this chicken? She's out on a route. When is she due back? Oh, in an hour or so. All right. We'll both wait here for her. Unaware that she is under suspicion, young Mary Hennig, accompanied by Jimmy Olsen, is in an express subway train, en route back to Pearlie's... All these railroad and theater tickets we returned this morning must have been bought with counterfeit money. Then Curly had us return the tickets and get good money in exchange. Sure. That's the way Mr. Kent's tickets work, Mr. Kent. Yeah, Mr. Kent's practice always right. Now, the only 
Cousin Curly sends us out to buy more stuff this afternoon with phony money. Uh-huh. All we have to do is call Mr. Kent, and he'll pop down on Curly with the police. Then you'll be in the clear, Mary. Oh, golly, and I won't have to go to jail. Oh, gosh, Jim, if it only works out. Oh, it will. Don't worry. I'm so nervous, I can't sit still. Hey, hey, you got to put yourself together. Sure. You don't want Curly to suspect anything, do you? No, but... I got the chip. Oh, now, calm down. Relax. Everything's working out so well. Confident that all is well, Jimmy Olsen and Mary Hennig draw closer to the dependable messenger service office. Unsuspecting that Mr. Pearlie and his chief, head of the counterfeiting ring, are waiting there for them with murder in their hearts. On an empty subway seat beside Jim Olsen lies a copy of the Daily Blade, on the first page of which is published the story that would warn the two youngsters of their peril. But he ignores it. What will happen as Superman, believing his friends are safe now, is at police headquarters where, in his guise Clark Kent, he waits for their call with Inspector Henderson. Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a transcribed copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-F. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, with Superman unaware that things are not going well for Jim Olsen and Mary Hennig, the two young would-be detectives start on a mission which is certain to bring them face-to-face with death. there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Hey, you've heard the news, haven't you? Kellogg's Pep has fixed it so that you can get a Superman Crusader ring of your own. Just exactly like the one that Jimmy Olsen's been giving out to the kids at Unity House. You know the ring that they're so proud of? And boy, will you feel like strutting around you wear it. You see, this Superman Crusader ring identifies you as a Superman Crusader, too. Makes you a part of Superman's fight for tolerance and for good sportsmanship. And for looks, well, this ring is really terrific. Made of sturdy silver-looking metal with a shiny, durable finish that keeps right on looking shiny and slick. It'll wear and wear. Superman's picture stands out in the front, and the words Superman Crusader are printed clear and plain on the side. And the ring's adjustable, so it's easy to fit right in your finger yourself. Now, how do you get your Superman Crusader ring? Why, it's easy. Ask Mom to get you a package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Send the box top along with 10 cents in cash, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, Battle Creek, Michigan. Get that now. Send one box top from a package of Kellogg's Pep, 10 cents in cash, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, Battle Creek, Michigan. Get your Superman Crusader ring from P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. 
convinced that young Mary Hanniga, reformed juvenile gang leader, is innocent of the charge of dealing in counterfeit money, Clark Kent evolved a plan which he hoped to clear the girl and at the same time uncover a gigantic counterfeiting ring. Posing as tough youngsters, Mary and Jim Olsen secured jobs with a so-called messenger service, operated by a man named Pearlie, from one of whose boys Mary had received the bogus money. But while Mary and Jimmy were out on errands, a certain Mr. Paradise appeared in Pearlie's office. He carried a copy of the Daily Blade, in which appeared a story that made Pearlie suspicious of Mary, whom he knows as Chicky, her old gang nickname. Furious, Pearlie exclaimed, Chicky will be back right away. If he's a spy, she'll get what all spies get when they're caught. As we continue now, Mary and Jimmy, unaware of what awaits them, are entering Pearlie's outer office. Biff Morgan, another young messenger, greets them. Listen. Hi, Chicky. Hello, Jim. Hi. What's cooking, Biff? Mr. Pearlie wants to see you right away, Chicky. He's in his private office. Oh, Okay. Oh, wait. No, I'll go in with you. He just said for Chicky to go in. You stay out here, Jim, unless you want to get your ears back. The boss is awful sore about something. Uh, what's he sore about? Search me. I better go in with you, Mary. Oh, I'll be all right, Jim. Can't know anything. Probably just in a hurry to get his hands on the money we collect. Oh, okay, but but yell if you need me. Sure thing. Well, here goes. You want to see me, Mr. Perley? Yeah. Come in and close the door. Okay, Doug. This the girl, Pearlie? Yeah. Oh. Name's Chicky Hennig. Listen, you... Wait a minute. Get the money first. Okay. Give, Chicky. Look, what you, what you saw at me about? You'll find out. Get up the dough you collected this morning. Oh, it's here in my handbag. It's 123 for the tickets we return to the railroad station, the steamship company, and the 7th Theaters. Here you are. I'll count it later. And it better all be there. It's all there, all right. Say, what, what's this all about? When's the last time you were at the Daily Planet? Planet? Well, let's see, day before yesterday. Why? You didn't go back there last night after you left me? Oh, would I want to go back to that dump for? Now I'm working for you. Just answer his questions, young lady. Well, who's the character in the striped pants, Mr. Perry? None of your business. Uh, when did you see Lois Lane and Jim Olsen last? Why, uh, I didn't see them since I quit the paper. You're lying. I am not. You saw Miss Lane and Olsen last night. I did. And you gave him the phony $20 bill I, I did gave not. You. Let's see the bill, then. I, I got it with me. Then you did give it to the reporters, No, I didn't, I tell you. Where is it, then? The truth, girl. It's... I spend it. She's lying, Pearlie. I am not. Why, you... Shut up. The newspaper story about Miss Lane and Olsen being arrested was obviously a frame to fool us and cover up for this girl. Inspector Henderson had to put out some story because the mayor and the merchants are writing him. Sure, that's the way I figured, Mr. Wait a minute. You say Miss Lane and Jim Olsen were arrested? Yeah, for passing counterfeit money, the paper says. And the only place they could have got Wait. that money... Wait! If Miss Lane and Jim got picked up for passing phony money, maybe they did get it from me. Now we're getting someplace. And you should break down, Pearlie. Wait, will you? Let me finish. Wasn't the 20 bucks you gave me last night, Mr. Pearlie? That must have been the dough Biff gave me last Saturday. Who gave you? Biff Morgan, you know. He's one of my boys. The one who brought her in. I see. Yeah. Paid me 15 bucks he owed me on Saturday. I changed a five and five singles... Jim Olsen for a ten spot. I paid the other five to Miss Lane because I owed it to her. So if you say the phony dough had come from me, must have been the one that Biff gave me. Well, I'll be... Wait. Biff's right here. I'll find out about this. Biff, come in here. Okay. Uh, you want me too, Mr. Pearlie? No, you answer the phone if it rings, Jim. Okay. What's up, Mr. Pearlie? When you first told me about Chicky, and I told you to get her to work for me, I gave you 15 bucks to give her, didn't I? Yeah, that's right. I did give it to her, too. Didn't I, Chicky? Didn't I? Yeah. Shut up, Chicky. But instead of giving her good money, like I told you to, you kept that for yourself. 
and passed off the phony stuff you got for your salary on Chicky. Didn't you? Why, didn't why, you? I... Yeah, I, I, I mean... I told you the phony stuff had to be passed in stores where it couldn't be traced to us. But you double-crossed me. Well, I'll teach you, you little rat. Like this. Hey! Hey! Cut it out! Lay off, will you? Cut it out, Mary! You... Get back to the phone, Jim. Now, Biff... Lay off, will you? Let him alone, Colonel. I'm going to teach Let you. him alone, I said. We don't want him marked up for the police. Now, listen, boy. Yes, sir? The next time you disobey orders, you'll go into the river. And you won't come out. Understand? Yes, sir. I didn't mean nothing, honest. I just... Just remember what I said. Now, get out of here and don't come back for a week. A week, Mr. Pa... Uh, we're, we're short of messengers. We won't need any for a week. Get out, Biff. You won't be paid for a while to teach you a lesson. You, Chicky, and you, whatever your name is. Jim Miller. Very well, Jim. You and Chicky in the next room. I want to talk to Mr. Pooley in private. Okay, kids. Outside. You, Biff, scram. I don't want to see you for a week. Okay, okay. You and Jim answer the phone until Herman gets back, Chicky. Okay, Mr. Pooley. Come on, Jim. Close the door behind you. Yes, sir. You dirty little snitcher chick. I'm going to... Let her alone, Biff. Oh, yeah? Maybe you want to poke in the mouth, too, Jim. Yeah, just try it and see what happens. Oh, not now, but I'll get you for this, Chickie. And you, too, Jim. Oh, I thought I was in for it with Mr. Billy, Jim. Yeah, so did I. I was standing by the door and heard everything. You used your head, Mary. Oh, I had to. I was on the spot. Who do you suppose that other guy is in there? I don't know. Looks and talks like a big shot. Uh-huh. Apparently, practically licks his boots. You know what, Mary? I think he's the head man in this counterfeiting ring. Do you do? Uh-huh. Come over here by the door. We might hear something. Be too bad if we get caught. You know. We'll leave for a few days. I can hear him. Understand? You mean not put out any more of the stuff? That's right. I have it on good authority that the mayor gave Inspector Henderson 48 hours in which to round us up or else. Well, how does he know that? I don't 48 know. 48 hours. We'll be up tomorrow and he'll be out on his ear. That won't make me mad. Henderson's a smart cop. It won't make me mad either. You hear that, Mary? Uh-huh. Now, here's the stuff. When Henderson is fired, the whole police department will be shaken up. The mayor has said so. That gives us our chance, while the new inspector and other police brass are trying to get their feet under them. Yeah. Before they know what it's all about, we'll cover this town with our phony money. Holy smokes. It works out perfectly for us. We'll work overtime the next couple of days and nights, turning out the stuff so we'll be all ready to go. Oh, come here, Jim. What? Now I am in the super What do you mean, Mary? Didn't you just hear the big shot say they're not going to distribute any more counterfeit money for a while? Oh, yeah. But... Don't you see? Henderson said if Mr. Kemp's plan to track down the counterfeit ring with you and me doesn't pay off by the time his 48 hours are up, he'll arrest me. You know what that means. Uh-oh. And now it can't pay off in time, and I'll have to go to jail, Jim. This made Jimmy Olsen look at pale Mary Hennig, realizing that she has spoken the truth, and that she seems doomed to a jail sentence. In the outer office of Mr. Pearlie's bogus messenger service, Mary Hennig has just said to Jimmy Olsen. Wait a minute. Maybe not, Mary. I just heard that man tell Mr. Pearl he won't distribute any more counterfeit money until after Inspector Henderson is fired. When the inspector's fired, I'll get them. So wait, I said. Look, we're pretty sure that guy in there with Mr. Pearlie is the big shot of the gang, aren't we? Uh-huh. So what? Oh, that's what Mr. Kenton, the inspector, Inspector Henderson, want to know. They can trail him and check up on him, find the printing presses he makes the phony money on, and, and all that. Golly, that's right, Jim. Oh, listen, we got to get in touch with Mr. Kent right away, before the big shot are... Right, I'll phone him. You keep quiet. Hold it, Jim. Now, listen, Chickie. When Herman gets back, tell him I have to leave with this gentleman. Sure. What's his name? Just say, the gentleman in the striped trousers. Oh. 
Okay. And tell him to close up the office and stay home for a couple of days. I'll call him when I want him. You're going to close the office? Just for a short time. Oh. I'll call you in a few days. Tom, let's go, Polly. Right. Hello, oh, Mr. Polly. Don, what are we going to do now, Jim? It's too late now to call Mr. Kent. There's only one thing we can do. Come on, Mary. What do? What do you suppose? The big Shot and Pearly are probably going to the counterfeit ring's headquarters. So we've got to trail them. Alone. Come on. Their hearts beating rapidly, Jimmy Olsen and Mary Hennick prepare to trail the leaders of the counterfeiting ring, realizing full well that if they are caught, it will mean the end of everything for them. A moment more delay than they would have been able to enlist the aid of Clark Kent, who, as we know, is Superman. But now they must go alone. What will happen? Don't miss the next exciting episode when Jimmy and Mary trail Curly and the mysterious Mr. Paradise into danger. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a transcribed copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazine. It is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P, 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 Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Superman is helpless to aid Jim Olsen and Mary Hennig as the two youngsters pressed for time are unable to tell him of their discovery. Dangerous information that is fated to lead them into a death trap. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, when I first heard that Jimmy Olsen and Beanie had Superman Crusader rings, and when I heard that they were giving them to the kids at Unity House as a symbol of good citizenship, I knew that every one of you fellows and girls would want to have one, too. So it's mighty swell that the Kellogg's Pet people have fixed it up so that you can have one of your own, because this Superman Crusader ring means a lot. It identifies you as a Superman Crusader, too. Shows that you're in the know about Superman's crusade for good Americans. And then this ring is such a slick-looking job. It's shiny and silver-looking, with Superman's picture standing out big and smiling on the front and the word Superman Crusader printed clear and plain on the side. Adjustable, too. You can fit it right on your finger yourself. And it's made of such sturdy metal with such a durable silver-like finish, it'll keep right on looking shiny and slick for a long, long time. Now, here's the dope about how to get your Superman Crusader ring. Ask Mom to get you a package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Send the box top along with 10 cents in cash and name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, Battle Creek, Michigan. You got that? Send one Kellogg's Pep box top Ten cents in cash and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, Battle Creek, Michigan. Remember, that's P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Mr. Pearlie and Mr. Paradise, the leaders of a gigantic counterfeiting ring, decided to postpone operations for a few days, young Mary Hennig's plan to clear herself of the charge of passing counterfeit money was given a severe jolt. 
facing a long prison term unless within 24 hours she exposed the gang from which she had innocently accepted bogus money, Mary and Jimmy Olsen, both of whom had secured jobs at Pearlie's illegal messenger service, saw a chance to trail Pearlie in paradise to their headquarters. When the two men left the messenger office and entered the elevator, Jimmy and Mary raced down the stairs. And as we continue now, they have burst into the office building lobby as Pearlie and Paradise are pushing through the revolving door to the street. Listen. There they go, through the revolving door. Come on, Jim. Wait. They stop at the curb, see? I'm trying to flag a taxi. Sure, but how Look, we... there's a phone in the lobby next to the Sagosti. I'm going to call Mr. Kent. You keep your eye on those two guys. Okay. Suppose to throw you in the big shot, get in the cab while you're in the phone booth. Oh, signal me. I'll be able to see you from the booth. Well, all right. Hurry, Jim. I will. Only I've got a nickel. Yeah, I have it. Here it is. I'll leave the door open a little so I can hear her. Only they don't get a cab in a hurry. I can just get hold of Mr. Kent. Oh, golly, please be there, Mr. Kent. Daily Planet. Uh, Mr. Clark Kent, please. Hurry, this is important. Just a moment, please. Oh, come on, Mr. Kent, come on. Oh, golly. Hello, Clark Kent speaking. Mary. Just as I got Mr. Kent, too. Hurry up, please. Where are they? Where'd they go? In that cab, see? They were starting... Come on, what are you waiting for? There it goes. What will we do? They'll get away. Gotta find another taxi. How are we gonna find one in time? Take it easy. Hurry's cab stopped at the corner like... Hey, look. There's somebody getting out of the cab next door. Come on, step on. Quick, quick, grab it. Here we are. Get in, Mary. Where's your kid? Yeah, the taxi started. I see it. Quick, driver. Follow that green checker cab up ahead. And please don't lose it. Please. I'll do the best I can, bud. That party hasn't called me back yet, operator? Why, no, Mr. Kent. Peculiar, isn't it, the way he hung up just when you got on? Yes, very. Did he give you his name when he asked for me? No, sir, he didn't. Just said to get you in a hurry. Well, did it sound like Jim Olsen's voice? Well, I wouldn't know, Mr. Kent. This is only my second day at the Planet Switchboard. Oh, I see. All right, then. Thank you. Hey, Mr. Kent. Yes, what is it, Beanie? Mr. White and Miss Lane are having connections. What? They're having fits whining about Jim and Mary. The chief wants you to come into his office right away. Oh, well, tell him there's nothing to report yet, Beanie, will you? So far as I know, everything's going along all right. As soon as Jim and Mary know more about the counterfeiters or are sent out with any phony money, they'll call me. Oh, sure. That's what I told Mr. White and Miss Lane, but... I know, I know. They're very anxious, and so am I. But I've got to stay right here until one of them calls. You see, they may be separated and need me suddenly. And even I can't be two places at once. Sure, I know. Okay, I'll tell them. All right, tell them I have lots of confidence in Jim and Mary, but uh, just in case I don't hear from them in the next hour or two, I'll check up on them. Okay, Mr. Kent. <laughs> Clark Kent waits anxiously in his office. Herman, Pearlie's brutal henchman and dog-like follower, has just left the bus in front of the office building in which Pearlie's messenger service is located. As he enters the lobby, Morgan darts in after him. Hey, Herman, wait a minute. I ain't got time, Biff. I gotta get upstairs and see Mr. Pearlie. Well, he ain't there. Listen. Where is he? He went someplace with a guy in a taxi, a guy in striped pants. A guy in striped pants? Yeah, I don't know what his name is, but this is... Something must have gone wrong if he showed up here. Who's taking care of the office? Nobody. Man, will you please listen a minute? What do you mean just... nobody's taking care of the office? Why ain't you up there to answer the phone? And I kind of been laid off for a week without pay. That's why. Oh, yeah? What'd you do? Ah, that rotten little chicky Hennig ratted on me. Chicky? 
What's she have to write about? Uh, she said I passed some phony dough on and she'd give it to some newspaper reporters by mistake. Got in the papers and Mr. Pearlie and the guy in striped pants was sore as blazes. That proves I was right. Chickie's working with the reporters and with the cops, too. Yeah, I'll bet she is at that. I see I've been talk- trying to tell Mr. Pearlie she's poisoned, but he won't listen to me. I wouldn't let her have it last night if a flat foot didn't just come along. Well, I was hanging around a paper one myself. That's how come I seen a spying on Mr. Pearlie. Spying on him? You mean? That's what I started out to tell you. Just wait behind a cigar stand for it to come out, see? And I see Mr. Pearlie and the other guy come out and look around for a taxi. Yeah? Then Chickie and new kid she brung in, Jim, they come running down the stairs, see? They watch Mr. Pearlie through the revolving doors. Then while Jim ran back to call up somebody in, in that phone booth over there, Chickie kept watching Mr. Pearlie, see? I'll bet he was calling the cops. Okay, then what, Biff? And Chickie called a Jim that Pearlie found a taxi. And the two of them beat it out and found one, too. Well... I sneaked out after him, and I heard Jim yell to the driver to follow Mr. Pearlie's cab. How do you like that, I'm a... That rotten little chicky. I'll get it for that now, and I'll get the Jim kid, too. You will? How, I'm a... I think I know where Mr. Pearlie went, that's how. Yeah? Chicky and Jim want to find that out so they can tell the cops. Well, they'll find out, all right. But they'll never live to tell the cops. <laughs> eyes blazing with hatred for Mary Hennig. Herman rushes from the lobby and hails Patsy to pursue the girl and Jimmy Olsen. What will happen now? Trailing Pearlie and the mysterious Mr. Paradise, Jimmy Olsen and Mary Hennig saw their taxi stop on the corner of a squalid waterfront street and watched as the two men got out. Then, dismissing their own cab a block away, the two youngsters hurried to the corner and turned in the direction Pearlie and Paradise had gone, toward the river. A misty rain has begun to fall. The thick fog creeps in from the water as they walk cautiously down the street. I'm sure they went down this street, Mary. So am I, but where are they? I don't see them, Jim. They must be somewhere in front of us. This fog makes it hard to... Hey, wait a minute. What? The street ends just up ahead, see? At the river. Oh, gee whiz, that's right. I don't see Pearlie and the other guy. Into that bungalow across the street. Well, into that old house right by the river. How do you know? Because they're the only two houses on the street. Oh, yeah, that's right. Come on. Gotta find out which house they went in. Don't make any noise. Just a minute, Jim. What are you doing? Going on my Superman Crusader ring. Well, what are you doing that for? For luck. Okay, let's go. Why don't you grow up? Oh, yeah. Why do you keep on rubbing your Superman ring? Well, I just like to keep it polished up, that's all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, Mary. What's the matter? That bungalow. You don't think that can be the counterfeit gang's headquarters, do you? I don't know, but why not? Well, there's no glass in the windows, and the door is half off the hinges. That's just a deserted old shack. Yeah, you're right. Probably must be in the other house, then. Oh, gosh, Jim, this fog is so thick. I can hardly see the other house anymore. Yeah, I can just make it out myself. Straight ahead, come on. No, wait, Jim. We know they must be there. So let's go to a phone and call Mr. Ken. He can call Inspector Henderson. Yeah, I guess that's the smart thing to do. No splintering around this fog. We might trip over something and they'd hear us. Wouldn't that be nice? Come on. Let's get back to the corner. There was a store near where we got out of the taxi. Okay. Say, which way is the corner, Mary? I can't see a thing in this fog anymore. Neither can I. But it must be the way we'll walk. No, wait. We turned around to look at the bungalow, so it must be this way. I hope you're right. I can't even see the bungalow anymore. Sure, I hate to walk into the river. Oh, gee, this is so creepy. I'm not kidding. I wouldn't want to walk a plunk into the house Pearlie and that guy are in either. You think of the nicest thing. I'm sorry, but... Hey, what the... Don't move. Either of you. Who said that? I did. 
Herman. No, Herman. Yeah, I got you now, Chicky. And you too, Jim. You're not going to get away and call the cops this time. You dirty little double crosses. I'm going to take care of you personal myself. Go on now. Walk. Oh, don't let go. Walk, I said. And it's no use trying to get away. Walk toward the river. Helpless in the powerful steel-fingered hands of pearly fruit-like henchmen, Harry Hennig and Jimmy Olsen are forced to walk blindly through the thick fog, in which only Herman seems able to see his way. What will happen to Jim and Mary with both Superman and the police unaware of their impending fate? Will Clark Kent, who is Superman, be able to track them down with Jim's uncompleted call as his only meager clue? Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode. Join in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a transcribed copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, while Clark Kent is pondering over his mysterious telephone call, Mary Hennig and Jimmy Olsen find themselves imprisoned in the murderous clutches of the villainous brute Herman. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, uh, have you set in for your Superman Crusader ring yet? Well, you better hop to it, you know, because you wouldn't want to miss out. 
Uh, keep a pencil and paper handy, and I'll tell you how to get one in just a few seconds. You see, this ring is a symbol of Superman's fight for tolerance and good sportsmanship. Jimmy Olsen and Beanie are both wearing these rings, you know. And uh, you'd like to be identified as a Superman crusader, too, wouldn't you? Well, you'll be proud to wear this ring because it's a doggone smart-looking. Shiny and silver-like, with Superman's picture standing out big and smiling on the front, and the word Superman Crusader on the side. The ring is adjustable, too. You can fit it right on your finger yourself. And it's made of such sturdy metal with such a durable silver-like finish, why, it'll keep right on looking shiny and slick for a long, long time. Now... Here's how you get your own Superman Crusader ring. Ask Mom to get you a package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Send the box top along with 10 cents in cash and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, Battle Creek, Michigan. You got that? Send one Kellogg's Pep box top, 10 cents in cash, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, Battle Creek, Michigan. Ask Mom to get you some P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now, the adventures of Superman. While trailing Mr. Pearlie and Mr. Paradise, the leaders of a gigantic counterfeiting ring, Cobra Porter, Jimmy Olsen, and young Mary Hennig, alias Chicky, were captured by Herman, Pearlie's brutal henchman. Taken to an old house on the edge of the river, Jimmy and Mary were brought into a dim, dusty parlor, set with a few pieces of shabby furniture out of a past age. As we continue now, Pearlie faces them menacingly, while Paradise sits in a chair to one side, his face cold and hard. The moment before Pearlie speaks, the two youngsters hear their own hearts beat loudly above the muffled hum of activity from the basement below. The faint, dreary foghorns on the shrouded river beyond the windows. Listen. Well, Herman was right up on. You are working for the cut, Chicky, huh? Sure, she No, is. I ain't, Mr. Pearlie. I'm just... Oh, uh, you and Jim went for a ride in a taxi, and it just happened to follow us, well, huh? Well, no. Not exactly. Uh, but I... You see, we... Well, we figured you were going to the place where you made all the counterfeit money, and... And, well, we just wanted to see it. Didn't we, Mary? I mean, Chicky. Sure. Sure, Jim. That's the way it was. We just wanted to see all the dough. That's all. Why? So you could tip off the cops? No. What's wrong, Mr. Poirot? They're lying, boy. I know they're lying, Herman. They're police spies. Oh, no, we ain't. You kids know what happens to spies, don't you? Oh, we ain't spies. Listen, we just... We've heard enough. Okay, Herman. Get rid of them. Dump them in the river. Oh, no. Mary. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Come on. No, no, let me go. No, don't do anything. Wait, wait, let him alone. What, boys? Let him alone, I said. We can't finish them until we make sure of the other kid. What other kid? The one who tipped you off that Chickie and Jim were trailing us. You mean Biff Morgan? Yeah. He knows you trail those two kids here. If they disappear, the police will question Biff. And our goose is cooked. But the police don't know about Biff. Of course they know. Didn't Biff bring Chickie into work for me? Well, yeah. And if Chickie's working for the police, don't you think she told him about Biff? But I didn't. Not Chickie. So we got to get rid of Biff, too, Herman. You know where to find him? Yeah, I'll find him. I know where he lives. You want me to go and finish him now, boys? No. Just find him and bring him here. We get rid of all three of them together. And hurry. If Chickie and Jim are missed, Biff will be picked up by the police. Don't worry. I'll pick him up first. I'm on my way. Make it snappy. Yeah, sure, boys. Okay, you punks. Get into that room. I'm going. You don't have to shove me. Yeah, I'll take your hands off oh, me. You ought to shove your teeth down your throat, both of you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Get in there. No! No! You... Shut up. And don't bother yelling for help. It won't do you any good. This room is right over the river. And the tugs and foghorns make a lot of racket. Besides... Yeah? What? There'll be a man outside this room. If you yell, he'll come in here and make you very sorry. 
Do you understand? Sure. But you better understand something, too. You do anything to us, you... Oh, God. What are we going to do now, Jim? I don't know. We've got to do something. Those guys mean business. Wait a minute, Mary. Oh, don't bother about the door. I heard them lock it. Locked, all right. We'll take Superman to break it down. It's so thick. Let's have a look at the window. Oh, it's barred. Jeepers. It's a good 50-foot drop from here straight down to the river. Even if we could get out of the window, it wouldn't do us any good. Not unless we had a ladder. Huh. Wish for a pair of wings while you're at it. Not even a sheet we could make a line out of in this room. That doggone Biff Morgan. If he hadn't told Herman about us trailing Pearly, everything would have been dandy. Mr. Ken and Inspector Henderson would have been here by now and... Hey, who's dreaming now? Yeah. Well, hey, look, Mary. What, Jim? Fog's lifting a little, see? Oh. Look at all the traffic on the river. Uh-huh. Comes a tug pulling a load of boxcars. It's going to pass right below our window. A lot of good it does us. Might just as well be a thousand miles away. I don't know. Maybe... If we could attract its attention some way... You mean, if we holler? Well... Oh, they wouldn't hear us in all that foghorn and stuff. Curly thought of that. Maybe not, but... Curly said if we did holler, he'd be sorry. We'd be sorry. Somebody would come and beat us up. Stop oh, talking. Jim. I'm trying to think. If... If we could drop a note to that tug or something... A note? Yeah. I haven't got anything to write with or on. How about you, Mary? Look in your handbag. Oh, probably took my handbag, don't you remember? Oh, yeah. Jeepers, that tug is almost under us. What? Wait, I know. Well, what are you doing, Jim? My Superman Crusader ring. There, I've got it off. But what good... I'm going to try to drop it onto the tug. Now, my handkerchief. I don't get it. What good will that do? It'll attract attention, won't it? Well, maybe, but any... one. Now, right this window. Somebody will hear you, Jim. Now, with this handkerchief wrapped around my fist... <laughs> There. Tug's under the window now. Cross your fingers, Mary. I can just drop the ring on the tug. Here goes. Did it? Wait. No. Missed it. Oh, Jim. Landed on one of the boxcars and bounced into the river. I didn't figure on the movement of the tug. I should have dropped the ring just before the tug was right under the window. Yeah. Well... That's that. Yeah. I guess so. Well, don't feel too bad, Jim. Might not have done any good, anyhow. Maybe not. Yet it could have... Mary? What? We've still got a chance. You've got a Superman Crusader ring, too. Give it to me. Oh, but the tug's gone. Another what? one might come along. Yeah, look. Look, there is another one coming. Where? You can just see it through the fog. See? Oh, oh yeah. Hurry up. Get your ring off. All right. Gosh, I thought I hate to... I hate to give it up. Come on, come on. I'll get you another one. We never get out of here. Okay, Jim, I'm trying. Golly. Hey, up. Here. There. i got plenty of time to take aim now and make sure. Jim, Jim, somebody's opening the door. Where is it? Let's see, I broke the window. Go. Quick, Mary, stand in front of it. Okay, here it goes. Well, what do you want, Hood? Just checking on you, kid. Go soak your head. Boy. Oh, boy, my heart practically stopped. Mine did. Oh. Now, we're just not too late for that tug. Let me see. 
almost under the window, Jim. Look. Yeah. Just got time. Keep your fingers crossed, Mary. Here goes. Oh, bleeps. Right on the target. Oh, wow. Landed right on the deck, Jim. Yeah. Now, if only... Look, Mary. What? One of the men on the tug is picking it up. Hey! Hey! Help! 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 Shut up, Help. hollering! One more peep on these little kids, it'll be just too bad. Hear me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, don't forget it. Got it, Jim. Let's go and see what happened to the tug. Fog's covering it. Suppose they, they heard it? I don't know. I don't know if the ring will do any good either. One chance in a million. All we can do now is to hope, Mary. Their hands clenched. Jimmy Olsen and Mary Hennig stare down at the fog-wrapped river, hoping that their one in a million chance will succeed. As Jimmy Olsen was dropping Mary Hennig's Superman Crusader ring to the deck of the tug, Clark Kent, worried at the failure of his young friend to communicate with him, has gone to the office building where Pearlie's messenger service is located. As we join him now, Kent stands frowning before the closed door of the office. Funny. The office is locked and there's nobody inside. Oh, wait a minute. Here comes a porter. Oh, porter. Yes, sir. I noticed this office, the dependable messenger service, is locked. I wanted to see the uh, proprietor, Mr. Pearlie. Would you know where he is? No, I wouldn't know. It. Matter of fact, I don't even know the people in that office. They just moved in. Oh, I see. Oh. Well, thanks. Thanks very much. Yeah, you're welcome. More worried than ever now, Kent takes the elevator to the lobby, walks through one door to the street, at the same moment that Herman, Pearlie's henchman, walks through another door into the lobby, with evil eyes lighting as he sees Biff Morgan lounging against the marble wall. Outside the building, Kent pauses uneasily, looks back into the lobby where Herman has now joined Biff. But Kent has never seen either of them before, and so he is unaware that as Herman and Biff emerge from the lobby and enter a taxicab, they are en route to the headquarters of the counterfeiting ring, where their arrival will spell death for Jimmy Olsen and Mary Hennig. What will happen? Monday's episode is packed with excitement and suspense, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a transcribed copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. 
Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P, 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 Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, while Clark Kent is puzzled and worried because he has not heard from his young friends, Mary Hennig and Jimmy Olsen await their doom as prisoners of the cruel and ruthless counterfeit leader, Mr. Paradise. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, uh, no fellow or girl wants to miss out on a good thing. So uh, when all your friends are wearing Superman Crusader rings, and since Jimmy Olsen and Beanie are so proud of theirs... Well, you're sure to want one, too. That's why Kellogg's Pep fixed it up for you to get one. And are you going to be proud of your Superman Crusader ring? First off, it, it makes you a part of Superman's crusade for good Americans. And then you're going to feel like strutting around when you wear your ring. I mean, it's a humdinger made of sturdy silver-looking metal with a shiny, durable finish that'll wear and wear. Look shiny and slick as anything. Superman's picture stands right out in the front, and the words Superman Crusader are printed clear and plain on the side. And the ring's adjustable. Sure, so it's easy to fit right in your finger yourself. Now, be sure you're not the only one in your gang without a Superman Crusader ring. Ask Mom to get you a package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And the box top along with 10 cents in cash. And your name and address clearly printed, the Superman, Box 40, that's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan. You got that now? Send one box top from a package of Kellogg's Pep. 10 cents in cash and your name and address clearly printed, the Superman, Box 40, that's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan, at B-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. As you remember, Jimmy Olsen and young Mary Hennig, cub reporter and copy girl respectively for the Daily Planet, were captured while trailing the leaders of a dangerous counterfeiting ring. Imprisoned in a house on the river, Jimmy and Mary were told that they would be done away with as soon as Biff Morgan, a boy in the employee of the gang, was brought in to die with them because he knew too much. Jimmy managed to drop Mary's Superman Crusader ring to the deck of a truck steaming by in the river, hoping it might serve as a clue to their whereabouts. But his shouted attempts to call attention to the ring were apparently unheard in the noise of the river traffic. As we continue now, Herman, a murderous henchman of the gang, is in a taxi cab with Biff Morgan, who is unaware that he is on his way to his death. Mr. Pearlie wants you to come back to work for him, Herman. I can use some easy money. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Nothing, Biff. <laughs> Nothing at all. Come man. on, let me in on the joke. Hey, you dumb kid, what you getting for easy money? You hand me a laugh. What do you mean? Uh, I don't mean anything. Oh. Hey, look, tell me, uh, is Mr. Pearlie taking me back on account of I tipped you up about Chickie and Jim trailing him, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I thought so. How'd you like that little tomato trailing the boy? Uh, I knew from the start she was a double-crosser. But now when I get my hands on her, she's going to be sorry she was ever born. When you get... You mean you, you didn't catch her? Sure, sure I caught her. And a sneaky Frank Jim, too. Well, why do you say, why did you get your hands on her? Because a big shot wouldn't let me finish... Uh, touch him until we got you, too. Uh, until you got me? Uh, uh, oh, I, I mean, uh, until we uh, we got you to, to do something first. Yeah, like like what? Uh, special little job. Uh, Mr. Pearlie will tell you about it. Oh, Oh, I get it. Hey, driver, what you stopping here for? Red light, Mac. Oh. Listen, uh, what's Mr. Pearlie going to do to Chicky and Jim? What do you suppose? 
Hey, look, he ain't gonna what kill What do you suppose they're gonna do with those little rats, huh? Turn them loose and let them tell the cops all they know? Oh, no, I suppose you can't do that, but Nuts. that's... No big ditch will go for the easy dough. Always get it in the neck sooner or later, anyhow. Like you're gonna find out. Uh, I'm gonna find out. Hey, what do you mean, Herman? Uh, now what are we stopping for? Oh, looks like a traffic jam. They probably break you up, Mac. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, you can see the smokestacks of some big ship in a river. Where? Over there. Yeah, all I see is fog over the river. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a big one, all right. Looks like we'll be stuck here a good ten minutes. Well, how do you like that? Just when I'm in a hurry to get this job done. As Herman scowls over the fact that his three young victims are granted an additional ten minutes of life, Clark Kent is in the office of Perry White at the Daily Planet where the gray-haired editor and Lois Lane are venting their anxiety on him. Now, remember this, Kent. If anything happened to Jim and Mary, it's your fault. Oh, now, look. It certainly it... is, Clark. Oh, wait a minute. the very idea of letting those two kids get in with a gang of criminals. Just, just a minute, Lois. Night. In the first place, Jim isn't a child. He's 17 now. And well, first... Mary's only 14. Yes, I know, but this was Mary's only chance to clear herself of the charge of working with a gang. Now, Clark. Unless she took the chance. She was certain to go to the reformatory for a long time. And what's all that got to do with what we're talking about? What? The point is, Jim and Mary are missing now. I know, but they haven't the least idea where they are. Or have we any way of finding out? If we could only find that man, Curly, he knows where they are. Yeah, I can't understand why he closed his messenger office. We know he distributes the counterfeit money through there. Yes, but he didn't wouldn't... return to his office since I was there a little while ago, either. Inspector Henderson posted a man there who promised to call me if anyone showed up at the office. Well, what I'm afraid of is that the counterfeiters must have discovered who they were. Mm. So they closed that messenger office, and, and now Jim and Mary... Oh, you... don't say it, Chief. I'll take it. No, never mind, never mind. I can answer my own phone. Very wise speaking. Oh. Oh, Nichols. Who? Oh, it must be Harvey Nichols, the new young reporter we took on. Well, I thought it might be something about Jim and Mary. Yeah, so did I. I said talk to the city editor. I haven't time to be bothered with any routine stories right now. I don't care if it is about Superman. Superman? Oh, sure. Sure, I'd like to see Superman right now. But I haven't time to listen to any stories about him. Oh, now, wait a minute, Chief. What about Superman? Oh, hold it, Nichols. What about there Superman? Nothing, nothing, nothing. It's that new reporter, Nichols. Some story has some story about him. He says that, that's all. Oh. Uh, give me a story about us, Nichols. Wait a minute. Uh, l- let me talk to him, Chief. What do you want to waste time on this for? I don't know. Just a hunch. Mm, all right, here. Thanks. Hello, Nichols. This is Clark Kent. That's right, Kent. Uh, well, what's this story about Superman? At a time like this, he wants to talk about Superman. Yes, Quiet, please, will you? Yes. Yes. What's that? Well, for the... Where? When was it? What is it, Clark? I see. Is he there now? Clark. He is, huh? Okay, I'll be right out there. Have him wait two minutes, will you? Thanks. So long. Clark, what is it? A fellow in a river tug says a Superman Crusader ring dropped out of the skies onto his boat. I'm going out to see about it. A Superman Crusader ring? Oh, you know, the ones I... Uh, I mean, the ones Superman presented to the youngsters at Unity House to uh, promote good citizenship and tolerance. What do you mean, it fell out of the sky? This fellow told Nichols. Uh, it sounds like a lot of nonsense to me. How could a ring drop out of the sky? Well, that's what I want to know. Jim and Mary both had Superman Crusader rings, you know. So this interests me. I'll see you both later. I'm going to look into this ring story myself. Hurrying from Perry White's office to the deserted stockroom, Clark Kent quickly strips off his business suit. And revealed in the blue costume and red cape of Superman. Then, throwing open the window. Up! Up! And away! <laughs> The man of steel streaks away to the waterfront to question the tugboat man. What will happen now? On a lone pier where the Metropolis River empties into the harbor, Superman, once more in his guise of reporter Clark Kent, is questioning Fred Taylor, a member of the crew of the tugboat Sally Ann. As they talked, the fog, which had momentarily lightened, now closing down again over the waterfront like a fuzzy blanket. Yes, Superman Crusader ring, all right. 
How did it get on your boat? The way I figure it, Mr. Kent, Superman was maybe flying by overhead and he dropped it. No, no, he didn't, Mr. Taylor. Well, how do you know he didn't? It's possible, ain't it? Well, I... I well, where it. else could the rain come from? We were out in the river, like I told you, before you went out from shore, were you? Well, not very far. Pretty close in shore, I'd say. Well, could the ring have been dropped or, or thrown from the shore? Uh, I guess maybe it could. I never thought of that. Just where were you on the river when the ring dropped on the tug? Do you recall? Well, let's see now. I know we'd already passed under the Metropolis Bridge. I see. About how far had you gone from the bridge? Why, uh, that, that's hard to tell, Mr. Kent. Why? The fog was pretty thick, you oh, know. I so. Hardly see 50 feet in front of you. Well, could you guess? Uh, about how far did you say? Oh, maybe two miles. But that's only a guess. Let's hope your guess is close and my hunch is, too. Thanks a lot, Mr. Taylor. Uh, you're welcome. But I still think Superman dropped the string, though. I guess I can change behind this packing case. I wonder if that ring did come from Jim or Mary. I'm playing a pretty long hunch, but the only house is clear across the city. Most of the youngsters who got the rings don't live anywhere near here. That makes me think that Jim or Mary... There we are, all set. Now to look into this hunch... As Superman. Up! And away! A couple of miles this side of the Metropolis Bridge, the Tugmoon man said. Now that'll be about here. Uh, let's see. Just a few warehouses along the bank. Hard to see much in this fog. Let's have a look at those warehouses. Away! No sign of Jim or Mary down there. Now, which way? Well, just have to range around, I guess. Handicapped by the thick tub, Superman is forced to slacken his rocket-like speed as he searches above the riverbank for Jimmy Olsen and Mary Hennig. And ten long minutes go by without result. Meanwhile, Herman has arrived at the headquarters of the counterfeiting gang with young Biff Morgan, accompanied by Mr. Curley and gripping Biff by the arm. Herman unlocks the door of the room in which Jimmy and Mary are imprisoned. Then smiles at them. All right, you dirty little double crosses. This is the end of the line for all three of you. What will happen now? As Superman, searching almost blindly through the thick fog, begins to fear that his hunch was false. Is this really the end for Jim and Mary? Tomorrow's exciting episode tells the story, fellows and girls. And incidentally, brings the most shocking beginning to a new and exciting Superman adventure. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, while
of Superman on a hunch rushes to the Metropolis Riverbank in search of Jimmy Olsen and Mary Hennig, the cruel and ruthless villains issue their heartless ultimatum to the brave youngsters. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, it's going to be a big moment the day you get your Superman Crusader ring. Why, you're going to take one look at that picture of Superman standing out big and powerful on the front and the shiny silver-looking finish, and you're going to feel like cheering. Yes, sir, you'll like the way this Superman Crusader ring is adjustable, too. Easy to fit right on your finger yourself. And you're going to be so proud to wear it. You see, it's a symbol of Superman's fight for tolerance and good sportsmanship. Identifies you as a Superman Crusader, same as Jimmy Olsen and Beanie. And this ring is so sturdy and durable, it'll wear and wear and keep right on looking shiny and slick for a long, long time. Now, you don't want to be the only one of your gang without a Superman Crusader ring, so ask Mom to get you a package of that sunshine cereal Kellogg's Pep. Send the box top along with 10 cents in cash and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, that's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan. Let me give you that again now. Send one Kellogg's Pep box top, 10 cents in cash, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, that's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan. Send in today for your Superman Crusader ring from P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Captured by the counterfeiting gang, they had been trying to expose. Jimmy Olsen and young Mary Hennig, alias Chicky, were condemned to death. But Jimmy had managed to drop Mary's Superman Crusader ring from a window to a tugboat passing in the river below. Believing Superman had dropped the ring in flight, a crewman on the tug shouted to a Daily Planet reporter who phoned the story to his paper. Hoping this might be a clue to the missing Jimmy and Mary, Clark Kent took to the air as Superman to search for them. As we continue now, the man of steel, hampered by a dense fog, moved slowly above the shore of the river. Listen. No sign of Jim and Mary yet. I'm beginning to think this is a false alarm. Where did that Superman Crusader ring fall from? Now, oh, if only this fog would lift. So thick even I can hardly see through it. Well, I've practically covered the whole shoreline. I'd better go back and go over it once more just to make sure. Away! Bearing in midair, Superman drops his way back through the shroud-like mist, hoping against hope that his search will not be in vain. Meanwhile, at the counterfeiter's hideout, a house on the river, Jimmy, Mary, and Fifth Morgan, their hands tied, have been taken to the roof by Pearlie and his brutal henchman, Herman, and have been forced to the very edge of the roof, which overhangs the fog-wrapped river below. An evil smile on his face. Herman points a revolver at them as Pearlie looks on, obviously enjoying Jim's attempt to frighten him with brave talk. I'm warning you for the last time to go through with this, Pearlie. Inspector Henderson knows Mary and I went to work for you, and so does Mr. Kent. Is that so? Yes, and if anything happens to us, they'll know who did it. They won't be able to prove a thing. Go ahead, Herman. Get it over with. No, wait, Herman. Mr. Pearlie, let me go. I didn't do nothing on it. You know too much, Biff. Ah, But I won't talk. Honest, I won't. I don't care what the cops do to me. I won't say a word. We intend to make sure you don't. No, no, play. Shut up, punk. Go ahead, Herman. Mr. Paradise is waiting for us downstairs. We have lots of work to do. So get this over with. Go on. Okay. Come on, down. Jim, Jim, are you all right? Okay, Mary. Look, so is Biff. He missed us on purpose. Scary. <laughs> What's the matter with you, Herman? Cut out the monkey shine. And don't miss this time. Herman raises his pistol again. Superman, though still a mile away in the foggy sky, has heard the first shot. And Pilkin streaks toward the sound like a great arrow flung from a giant's bow. 
Now Sherman's fingers tightened again on the trigger of his gun. The man of steel looms through the fog above the house. Sees the grim picture below him and... Rick Scott, down to that roof. Down! What bullet my right hand, what my left hand? Hey, what the heck? Thanks for the souvenirs. Now I'll take that gun. Who's that? Mary, look. Hey, Mr. Pooley! Mr. Pooley! Oh, come on, get in All right, let's go. Mary, it's so Oh, give up, eh? Well, this'll fix you. Oh, okay. I hate to spoil my hands on you, Pearly, but... Well, well, you've got a gun, too, have you? In that case, I won't apologize for slipping you this sleeping pill. Oh, boy, what a sweet haymaker. Thanks, Jim. Saved our lives, Superman. You sure did. It was a pleasure. Now, get these ropes off you youngsters and tie up our two friends here for Inspector Henderson. Then I've got to get down to the basement to get Mr. Paradise to do a little house cleaning there. Well, this seems to be my busy day. Daily Planet X, as Superman rounds up huge counterfeiting gang, read all about it in the Daily favor to ask you, Inspector Henderson. Anything, Chad, anything. Huh? You save the lives of those three youngsters and help us break up the biggest and cleverest counterfeiting gang in the history of Metropolis. I... Which, incidentally, saved my job. So just... I that... did all that? Of course you did. Well, now, look, I... Well, you figured out that Jim or Mary must have dropped the Superman Crusader ring to the tugboat, yeah, but... and you contacted Superman. I can't... Oh. Oh, I, I thought you knew... Uh, I thought you'd find out... I'd find uh... out what? No, nothing, Inspector, nothing. Well, as I started to say, Kent, if not for you, Jim and Mary would be in the river now, and I'd probably be back counting a beat. Because, as you remember, the mayor gave me just 48 hours to get those counterfeiters behind bars or else. Well, yes, I know, so but... if there's anything I can do for you, Kent, just speak up. Now, what's this paper you wanted? Well, <laughs> well it, it's about Biff Morgan. Oh, that little hoodlum? Uh-huh. Well, you don't have to worry about him. Why? He'll be in the circulation for a long time. In the state reformatory. Well, that, that's just it, Inspector. I See, I, I think Biff has learned a lesson he'll never forget. He had no idea when he first tied up with Pearlie that he'd be involved in an attempted murder. Uh, none of these delinquent kids do when they decide to go after easy money, Kent. Yeah, they think they're smart. But their parents and the police are dumb. Sure, but... But when they're caught, as they are in 99 cases out of 100, they start whining and alibi that they didn't know what they were doing. Yes, I know that, Inspector. Yeah, it's like saying you didn't know the gun was loaded after killing somebody. But you see, Biff comes from an unfortunate home, Inspector. His father's dead and his mother works. Makes it nearly impossible for her to pay much attention to it. Well, I'm sorry, Kent, but I can't ask the court to go easy on Biff. Why? He deliberately went bad. And he's got to learn that it doesn't pay off. But he did learn it. Well, a term in a house of correction will drive the lesson home. I don't know. What's more, he's got to pay for what he did. Why, it's only a miracle that Jim and Mary weren't killed. And if they had been, Biff would have been tried as an accessory to their murder. Yeah. Can't you see that? I guess you're right, Inspector. Sure. I'll try to see that Biff gets a chance to start fresh after he serves his time, though. Fine. And I'll be glad to... Okay, thanks. Well, Jim and Mary are waiting outside to hear the news, so I'll pick them up and get back to the Daily Planet. Thanks for everything, Inspector. Thank you, Kim. Oh, uh, and incidentally, here's a bit of good news you can pass on to Mary. Oh, what's that? The uh, department appreciates what she did in this case, and I think, uh, well, I think we can arrange to have her probation lifted. Hey, that's wonderful, Inspector. I'll tell Mary right away. So long. So long, Kim. Inspector Henderson says he's quite sure he can have your probation suspended, Mary. Oh, gee whiz. Do you think he can, Mr. Kent? Yes, I do. Oh, boy, that's wonderful, Mary. Oh, it sure is. Now, if only... If only what? Well, I would be thankful for all the good luck I've had today, and I am, really, but... Well, I just wish I had my Superman crusader ring back, too. Gosh, I've forgotten my ring is gone, too. Uh, don't you worry about it, Jim, or you either, Mary. I'll see that you get new rings. Now, come on, we've got to get back to the office. <laughs> 
Happily, convinced that all their troubles are over, Mark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and young Mary Hennig leave police headquarters to return to the Daily Planet. Unaware that their happiness will be short-lived, and that very soon two of them, at least, will be on the receiving end of a terrific shock. It is several days later when Jim Olsen, returning to his desk in the Daily Planet city room, finds Beanie Martin, head copy boy, standing with his eyes on his wristwatch, a sealed envelope in his hand. Watching him for a moment, Jim notices that Beanie's lips are moving. Hey, what are you doing, Beanie? Taking your pulse? 20 seconds. 19, 18, 17, 16. What in the world are you doing? 14, just a minute, Jim. 13, 12, 11. Sounds like you're practicing counting backwards. 8, 7, please, Jim. Look, Dopey, will you please go talk to yourself some other place? I've got work to do. 3, 2, 1, time. There you are, Jim. Here I am what? Take this letter. It's time. Thanks. Now, what do you mean it's time? Well, Mr. Kent said I should give this letter to either you or Mr. White or Miss Lane at 1 o'clock. They didn't come back from lunch yet, but it's exactly 1 o'clock, so you get it. Hey, what is this, a gag? Gee, I don't know, Jim. I'm just telling you what Mr. Kent said. I don't think it was a gag, though. He looked awful serious. He did? Uh-huh. Why don't you open the letter? Maybe it'll tell you. That's what I am doing. I can't see why Mr. Kent would leave us a sealed letter when he could just tell us whatever it... What is it, Jim? No. This can't be. I don't believe it. Why? What don't you believe? Mr. Kent says he's going away. And, and get this. He says we'll probably never see him again. What? Yeah, here, read it for yourself. No, wait. Here comes Mr. White and Miss Lane. Hey, Mr. White, Miss Lane, listen to this. His face white as chalk. Jim Olsen rushes toward him. Perry White and Lois Lane, who are just entering the city room. With the startling letter from Clark Kent held in his shaking hand, Jim gasped. Jeepers. Look at this. Mr. Kent says we'll never see him again. What does this mean? What has happened that caused Clark Kent, who has no as Superman, to write his friends such startling information? We'll know more tomorrow, gang, when we begin a brand new Superman story. The most amazing and exciting story you've ever heard. So don't fail to be with us when we read Clark Kent's startling letter and this new adventure gets underway. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent stuns the whole Daily Planet staff with a bewildering and mysterious letter, which says that he's going away and they'll never see him again. Hello, 
there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, when you hear Jimmy Olsen and Beanie talking about their Superman Crusader rings, don't you wish you had one, too? Well, Kellogg's Pep has fixed that up for you. Now, just keep a pencil and paper handy, and I'll tell you how to get one in just a few seconds. You see, this ring identifies you as a Superman Crusader, too. Makes you a part of Superman's fight for tolerance and good sportsmanship. And for looks, well, this ring is really terrific. Made of sturdy silver-looking metal with a shiny, durable finish that'll keep right on looking shiny and slick for a long, long time. Superman's picture stands right out in the front, and the words Superman Crusader are printed clear and plain on the side. And the ring's adjustable, so it's easy to fit right on your finger yourself. Now, all your friends are probably going to be wearing a Superman Crusader ring, so don't you miss out. Ask Mom to get you a package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Send the box stop, 10 cents in cash, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman Box 40. That's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan. You got that now? Send one Kellogg's Pet Box Stop, 10 cents in cash, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40. That's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan. And gang, you better hurry. Send for your Superman Crusader ring today from P-E-E, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And now, the adventures of Superman. Shortly after Clark Kent, a Superman rescued cub reporter Jim Olsen and young Mary Hennig from death at the hands of the gigantic counterfeiting ring headed by Mr. Pearlie and Mr. Paradise, a startling thing occurred in the office of the Daily Planet. Returning from lunch one day, Jim was handed a sealed letter by Beanie Martin, head copy boy, who said that Clark Kent had left it with instructions to give it to either Jim, Editor White, or Lois Lane at exactly one o'clock. The young reporter opened the envelope, read the short letter, turned pale as a ghost. At that moment, Perry White and Lois entered the city room. Rushing to them, Jimmy gasped. Listen, Mr. White and Miss Lane. Mr. Kent went away and... Well, and well... Where did he go? I don't know. But he left this note in which he says we'll never see him again. As we continue now, Perry White, followed by Lois, has pushed Jimmy into his office. Closing his door, the gray-haired editor demands... Now, Olsen, you stop gibbering. Tell us what you're talking about. Yes, what's this nonsense about our never seeing Clark again? That's what he says in this letter. Here, see for yourself. Let me see, Jim. Oh, golly. This is terrible. Will you pull yourself together, Olson? Gee whiz, how can I when Mr. Kent went away? Good heavens. Listen to this, Chief. Yes? Dear Chief, Lois and Jim, I'm leaving this letter for you because saying goodbye in person would be unnecessarily painful. Saying goodbye? Yes, I'm going away on a mission I cannot tell you anything about. But there is a very strong possibility that I may never return. And so well, you I see. can only say goodbye, my dear friends, and God bless you. Yours with great affection, Clark Kent. Good Godfrey. Why, this this is incredible. Why, why it's impossible. Can you see? I told you we'd never see him again. Oh, golly, I... No, Kent wouldn't leave us. He, he, well, he couldn't. He wouldn't dare to. But the letter he said that... I it... don't care what he said. Anyhow, he didn't say he was never coming back. He just said there was a, a possibility that he wasn't. Well, that's right. He said there was a very strong possibility. Oh. And the way he ended the letter, goodbye and, and God bless you, it sounds like he's sure he's not coming oh, back. Oh, nonsense, nonsense. He must have gotten a tip on the story and, and thought it was a bit dangerous. So he did this, this silly thing to, to, well, to just get a rise out of us, that's all. Of course. Clark loves being mysterious. And we were sad enough to be taken in by this gag. Well, what do you mean he's being mysterious, Miss Lane? You know how Clark is, Jim. He knows he's not very brave and that we consider him a bit of a sissy. Well, I don't. Well, he is. And if you weren't such a hero worshiper, you'd admit it, too. Now, listen. That's why he never loses a chance to build himself up by acting mysterious. Oh, now, look. Implying he's going off on a big, dangerous mission from which he may never return. Rubbish. Yes, that's what I say. Kent's always making mountains out of molehills. Oh, you wait until he gets back. 
This time I'll teach him to write a blame fool letter like this. Yeah, if he ever does get back. No, he will. Don't you worry. Of course he will. He'll be back before the day is over. Now you just wait and see. What is it, Olsen? Come in, close the door. Yes, sir. I was wondering, it's after 7 o'clock. Have you... No, I haven't. You haven't what? I haven't heard from Kent. That's what you were going to ask me, wasn't it? Yes, sir. You... You say you haven't heard from him? Didn't I just tell you I haven't? If you don't stop coming in here every 15 minutes to ask me the same question, I... I I'll fire you. Now go away, go away. I've got work to do. But you said you were sure Mr. Kent would be back before the day was over? Well, it's not over yet, is it? Well, it's five minutes after 7. Well... Well, Kent will be back before morning, then. No, it's morning. Before it was... He'll be... be back, I tell you. I'm not worried. And I don't intend to let you worry me. I'll get out of here. Beat it. Good night. I'll see you in the morning. And Kent, too. He doesn't answer, eh? Okay, Miss Blackrack. Uh, try again in half an hour. No luck, Chief? Uh, still no answer at Kent's apartment, Lord. Gee, that's odd. Gee whiz, I'm really getting worried now. I think we ought to call Inspector Henderson, Chief. Oh, stop it. Stop it, Olsen. I tell you, Kent's all right. That letter from him was just a gag. He's on some story, and he'll be back before tonight. Now, you see if he isn't. That's what you said yesterday. That's right, Chief. Well, he, he'll be back by tonight, I tell you. Now, get back to work, both of you. Clark still doesn't answer his phone, Chief. No, Lois. No use ringing any more this evening. This is beginning to look awfully bad. Oh, nonsense, nonsense. I'll try him again before I go to bed tonight. He certainly ought to be back by then. I hope so. I'm starting to get a bit worried. Now, now, don't you go acting like Jim. Kent's a big boy. He can take care of himself. I'm willing to wager he'll be back before morning. Morning, Mr. White. Morning, Miss Lane. Uh, morning. Good morning, Jim. Look up. Is there any word yet from... No, not yet. Holy mackerel. How long is this going to go on? It's going on long enough. Now, look, Lois. You and Jim go over to Kent's apartment. Get the building superintendent to let you in. Okay, Chief. Come on, Jim. Well, what for? I just tried to phone Mr. Kent again, but he doesn't answer. Never mind. Fine. Now, you do as I say. Have a look around there and report to me. Now, go on. Get going. You, you think we may be able to pick up a lead to where he went at his apartment? That's what we're hoping. Come on, Jim. Let's go. <laughs> No use, Jim. We've looked at everything in Clark's apartment. There isn't a single thing here to tell us where he went. I know. Look, John, you say Mr. Kent told you he was going away, too? Yes, right, Mr. Olsen. He said he had to go away, and he might not come back. The same thing he wrote us, Miss Lane. Uh-huh. What else did he say, John? He said if he wasn't back by the end of the month, I should give his clothes and furniture to charity. Charity? Uh, give you his books, Mr. Olsen. And rent his apartment to a veteran with a family. Oh, golly. I don't like this, Miss Lane. I don't either, Jim. Where do you suppose he could have gone? I don't know. Why couldn't he have told us so we'd know where to look for him? I don't know that either. Come on back to the office. Now the chief will just have to get in touch with the police. No, I can't understand this. Kent's been gone a whole week. We can't find him. The police can't find him. Candy Myers can't find him. Nobody can find him. Oh, where in blazes is he? If we only knew. If we only had an idea what this, this mission is that he mentioned, we could do something. Oh, stop saying if. 
Ant never did anything like this before. I know. That's why I'm so worried. It seems so unreasonably stupid for him to do a thing like this. But Kent's got a good head on his shoulders. That's why I can't understand his disappearing like oh, this. the phone. Uh, maybe that's Inspector Henderson. With news, I hope. Very White speaking. Mr. White, this is Dr. Millicent. Who? Dr. John Millicent of Metropolis University. Is it Inspector Henderson? Oh, quite also. Oh, uh, yes, Dr. Millicent. Dr. Uh, what Millicent? can I do for you? Why, he's the famous scientist, Jim. I thought it was about Mr. Kent. Kent. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I'll be here for another hour or so, but... Uh, I wonder if I might come over to see you on a matter of very grave importance. Why, uh, I suppose so, if it's really important. Well, I... Oh, I don't mean to sound uncordial, but I am rather upset just now. You see, one of my reporters, Clark Kent... Has disappeared. Yes. Uh, uh, how, how, how did you know? I happen to know a good deal about Mr. Kent's disappearance. If you'll wait a few minutes, I'll be right over and tell you about it. You bet I'll wait. Hurry, Dr. Millison, for heaven's sake, Hurry! <laughs> His hands trembling with excitement. Perry White replaces the phone. What does Dr. John Millison, the famous scientist, know about Clark Kent's strange disappearance? Claiming to know a deal about the strange disappearance of Clark Kent, Dr. John Millison, the world famous scientist, has come to the Daily Planet. As we join him in Perry White's office, he is saying to White, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen. Before I explain, Miss Lane, gentlemen, I must ask you to prepare yourselves for a shock. Huh? A shock? What do you mean, Dr. Millicent? Just this. I think, I'm rather afraid, that Clark Kent is gone forever. Gone? Forever? You, you mean he, he's dead? Yes, I have reason to believe so, Mr. White. Why, gosh, no. Whether he is or not, you will never see him again. Nor will anyone else on this earth. Good God. But I don't understand, Dr. Millicent. Please explain yourself. I will, Miss Lane. Heaven knows that what I did in this matter, I did because I considered it my duty. I tried to persuade Superman not to... Superman? Yes. Superman figures in this amazing story, too. But, but what is Amazing, Superman... did I say? Incredible would be a better word. But listen, my friends, this is what happened. Some time ago, my colleague... Face brave and showing signs of great strain, Dr. John Millicent leans forward and begins his astonishing story of the disappearance of Clark Kent, who, as he has already definitely said, is gone forever. What has happened to Clark Kent, who, as we know, is really Superman? And what is Dr. Millicent's story? Dr. Millicent was right. He said his story was amazing, fellows and girls. And tomorrow he tells all. So be sure not to miss a minute of it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!